Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And we now have an end in sight, Matt. There's going to be major professional sports on U.S. soil. Apologies to UFC if they think they're major. Um, with the NBA announcing its 22-team, eight-regular-season yeah. game return for the wide world of sports complex in Orlando. Yep. I know you're happy that it's back. I, I just assume that to be the case. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I uh, obviously, yeah. I mean, anything coming back has been good news, you know. Um, so, yeah, definitely happy to happy at the news. Do you think this is the right call? By the way, there's protesters outside and stuff, so there's going to be dogs this whole episode. If you want to turn it off, Mrs. Story, I understand. I get it. That's all right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, uh, whether, uh, who knows? I mean, I, I can't say that I, you know, I, I can't say what, you know, consequences there will be, good, bad, or different. Um, do I think it's the right call in terms of the format? Yeah, for yeah. the most part. Um, well, format's you know, my thing. Um, yeah, there's a yeah, lot of I mean, stuff I don't know about it. There's but things that are unknowable, exactly. I mean, we, you know, and just like with anything, I mean, you know, we, we don't know what the future holds. Um, you know, and I've, I've come back to that throughout this whole ordeal that, you know, we, we think we do. We were maybe under the false impression before that we did know what was coming in the future. And for the most part, things would happen as they were planned, but we still didn't know for sure. And we don't, you know, so... Um, the format, uh, you know, I think it's I think it's probably best of both worlds in terms of um, you know getting more teams involved than just sixteen, which they didn't you know they didn't want to just settle there. Uh, getting guys the ability to get their legs under them a little bit before you go into the playoffs. You have these eight games now that won't drastically impact seating, but could ha you know they have some meaning, but not too much meaning. Um, they, you know, they get these teams to 70-plus games. I went and did the math this morning. Uh, every one of the teams that's coming back with eight games gets over 70 games, which I think is the magic number for TV deals. So I think that was important. Um, and, and, you know, it's a little confusing, but overall I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's meeting in the middle between bringing all 30 back for no reason when there's teams like Golden State and the Knicks and the Bulls and the Hawks that have nothing to play for and bringing only 16 back. So I, I, I'm okay with it in that sense. Uh, I think it's imperfect, but I don't know that there was a perfect solution. I know, you know, some people were wanting the World Cup style, you know, right. everyone's got a group, and then the top two advance out of their group, and that's... Which to me is just, just confusing. Like, I, I don't think you take the first 60-plus games that you played from October through mid-March and throw them away which is kind of what that format would be. I, you know, I mean, that's the way I would take it is basically like, you know, uh, group play. And I mean, so are we giving nothing to the Bucks who won, you know, 55 plus games or whatever it was, or the, the Lakers who won 50 games. Like, I mean, that, that to me doesn't work. I don't know if that's what they were really getting at, but that's the way I took it. Um, so, uh, you know, this is, this is rewarding the teams who already did something. It's not rewarding the teams who did nothing. You know, like, I, I mean, I don't want it to be where, you know, the, the Bulls have the same chance to win the title as the Lakers. That shouldn't be. Um, so I, I'm, I'm good with it. I, you know, is it a little confusing? 
yes. Do you, you know, do you, when you explain it, do you feel like you need a math degree? Kind of. Um, but I think it was probably, uh, you know, a nice meeting in the middle, I guess. Let's put it that way. Although I agree with you. Is it perfect? No. There was no perfect plan to exist. The perfect plan would have been to finish the season as normal and you play it. But that, that went out the window on March 11th. Yeah, I for me, if I, there's a takeaway here, it's that this 8-9 play-in mm-hmm. that they're suggesting, mm-hmm. I think that that's just going to be a new wrinkle that they wanted, but it's something people will like, as, yeah. opposed, as opposed to what Major League Baseball is trying to do, which is, hey, all of those horrible things that we've been wanting for years that we couldn't really do, <laughs> let's try to use this as a way to eliminate the minors, True. cut down on minor league pay, which is already below the poverty line and ridiculous that they're cutting right. it. And I'm glad that uh, Emily Walden and Britt, I'm going to screw up her last name, Garoli, uh, yeah. were able to, you know, basically guilt the Nationals through their story on The Athletic <laughs> into paying their people. I saw um, that, yeah, yeah. But the idea that the NBA is going to do this as a playing thing, it's like, well, oh, that's kind of a fun test. It'd be like if the MLB introduced a wild card now, this year. Like, we're going to do yeah. a wild card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I, you know, I also like the idea of, okay, the, you know, I mean, it, it sounds confusing to say it out loud, but it makes sense that the nine seed basically has to beat the eight seed twice to get past them, whereas the eight only needs to beat the nine once. So yeah. if, if, you know, if eight, nine, they play one game and eight wins, that's it, done. Uh, if nine wins, they play again. You know, I, I kind of like that. Again, it's a little, it's a little confusing. People are going to have to pay attention and, you know, that's uh, always a, a question mark with people. And, you know, do they have the attention span to know what's going on? Or I can already anticipate the, you know, the stories or hearing people talk and not, know, you know, like, oh, well, the, you know, the Grizzlies are out if they lose tonight. Like, nah, no, that's actually not true. I'm sure that will happen. Um, but it, it's, uh, you know, it's OK. It's OK. Uh, you know, again, there's there's not a there's not a perfect solution but I think they did fairly well, and, and you know I'm glad they did fairly well because boy, they've spent a lot of time thinking about it. Uh, what I would not have wanted was them to come out and say, you know, well, we're going to come back with 22 teams. We're still not quite sure how it's going to work. Like, have the answers. So I'm I'm glad that they've you know seemingly got the answers. Well, I was listening to Zach Lowe's podcast, and he suggested, and I think you know rightly so that. Mm-hmm a reason the NBA might not want to be putting forward their safety protocol in full and things is they're going to just wait till the last minute. And with the best information they have, that's what they'll sure, go with. Sure. Which I think is fine too. You know, like, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, in, in that sense, there's, there's no reason to flatly state now, um, because you know, what they thought a month or so ago is not what they think now. Um, you know, I mean, in, in April, the talk was, well, we're still right where we were, where if we come back and, you know, we have one positive test, we got to shut down and they've gotten off that point and they have to get off that point. Quite honestly, if you're in, if you're on that point, you might as well not start because in all likelihood with this many people, the numbers say you're, you're probably going to have one positive test. You'd love it if you didn't, but you know, like that's cheating the odds if you think that's going to happen. So you've got to get to the point where, you know, you can do this without shutting everything down once one Rudy Gobert tests positive because then there's no point starting again. And there's probably no point planning for next season either. 
and they can't do that. Yeah, well, and I think the suggestion of, you know, looking out for safety is important. I think, though, that that probably counsels toward why didn't they go with the 20-team plan? That's 70 other people. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, the 22 is a little, it's an awkward number. Uh, where they came up with it, I don't know. It almost it almost feels like they didn't want to not bring another East team back. Well, I think it they, was they wanted, look, no one really thinks the Wizards are going to come back here. But right. I think what they did was they picked a line of four games six out of games. the playoffs or six games out or whatever six. it is. And it's right. like, well. In which case, you take the Wizards and then you got to take the Suns too because they're six out in the West. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's exactly it to me. I mean, it was like, you know, the Wizards are five and a half out. And if they didn't take the Wizards, then your East teams are already set and you're basically playing maybe for seeding, but mostly meaningless games well, because really how important is you're telling the Bucks doesn't matter because you're not right. getting home court. You get well, to your exactly. home jersey. How important is seeding in this tournament? I mean, you know, theoretically, you're playing a worse team, but yeah, I mean, this is like the NCAA tournament. We spend a lot of time, and you and I have discussed this over the years, getting mad about how could this team get a two seed? They should have got a one, or this team should have got a four instead of a five. It doesn't matter. They're playing on neutral courts. There's no home court advantage in the you know. So this to me is kind of like that, like. Being the one seed versus the the two seed, does it really matter? Probably not. Um, I wonder. You know, so I wonder if it'll be officiated differently on a neutral court, and I also wonder so? if it'll be coached differently. Because I'm thinking about one of the things they said about UFC is with no crowd, the corner men were being a right. lot louder and a lot more hyped up whenever there was something to try right. to make sure that the you know the refs, the scorers, were you know, aware of it and so Yeah, yeah, I mean, you would think so, uh, you know, certainly officiating it, I mean, it's hard to prove, but, you know, you and I have watched enough basketball over the years, both pro and college, to know that there there is a home court edge in officiating, because of, you've got three officials out there, and they're human beings, and they can't help but get, you know, maybe sometimes swept up into an emotional frenzy, or maybe go the opposite way, and, you know, you get your Joey Crawfords, who love to be the villain. And they may they may officiate the home team tougher because they love to be booed. Uh, and, you know, when you don't have that, you have to imagine that there's going to be a little bit less emotion involved. Um, and and so uh, now again, will it be proven? Absolutely not. I mean, you can't ever prove this game was officiated three percent better because it was a neutral court. But I, I would have to think it it will be. And you take away the the fervor of you know. 18,000, 20,000 people screaming at you, uh, you know, it's got to make us at least a little bit of a difference. The flip side, I think, of the NBA coming back is just how much Major League Baseball has bungled this opportunity. I know. I know. They they should have been the first ones to, to get back. I mean, if, three weeks ago, it felt like they were going to be. Um, you know, and they still might be in terms of actually getting back to games, I suppose. You know, I mean, because the NBA is setting for the 31st, and it appears the NHL is kind of aiming for around the same point, training camp starting in July and TVD on games. Uh, so, you know, baseball still might be, but yeah, they, they just uh, they just can't quite figure it out. And it, it was interesting. I mean, obviously less attention, but it was interesting this week how the MLS went right to the doorstep of lockout, potentially canceled season, and then they figured it out. And, you know, it's like, oh, they're going to approve this deal and all is well. And that's usually what happens. 
and maybe that's what will happen with baseball, but who knows right now, it, it, you know, you can't be too optimistic. Well, the other piece with baseball is the owner's suggestion that the more games we play, the less money we're going to make. Like, don't uh, don't say that. That's you're saying the quiet part out loud. Right. <laughs> well, and, and it it. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense, but at the same time, I mean, do the, I mean I don't know the answer to this. Do their TV deals work differently than the NBA? Where well, you, they're, you know, they're all I mean, local. But so are the NBA. I mean, I'm thinking I'm thinking NBA teams deals, not oh, okay. not national. I'm thinking, you know, the Suns and Fox Sports Arizona, the Bucks and well, I don't know if it's Fox Sports up there or whatever, you know. What, Fox Sports yeah, you know, yeah, you know. I mean, there's the different, you know, root sports and Fox Sports and blah blah blah. Uh, you know, I, I'm thinking of that because you got to think, just stands to reason. Now, I could be wrong that you know Fox Sports Arizona pays the Diamondbacks more if they have a hundred games than if they have fifty. I mean, you got to think that's built into the contracts, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know either. I, it makes you wonder, is there some sort of... Well, or is it like the NFL deal where they get the same amount, whether there's one game or 162? Right, right. I mean, you know, which, boy, if that's the case, that's stunningly bad negotiating on the part of TV networks, you'd think, because, I mean, what do we always hear? What we always hear, well, teams don't, you know, or sports don't want to cut games because they're going to lose, you know, there's lost revenue. You know, baseball doesn't want to go to 140 games in general because, well, you're losing revenue. And, yeah, we're talking about home games and attendance and concessions and all of that, but you always hear that in regard to TV. You know, basketball's talked about shortening their season. Do they really want to? Because, you know, you're going to have to renegotiate those TV deals if you shorten to 65 games or something like that. And ESPN's not going to pay you as much for less product. Uh, and so... I don't know. I don't know. It's it's odd. I mean, it just it's one of those things that the common sense part of me thinks. How does that make sense? That the less games we play, the the better off we are. But that I mean, according to the people in Major League Baseball, apparently that's what they think, and and maybe it's true. I mean, I just wonder what your in stadium overhead is if you don't have any concessions open. Right. You think you think a fair amount less. No concessions, no no need for you know security, ushers, you know concession workers, teams, team shop workers, parking lot. Um, I mean, you you would think a fair amount less. Uh, you know, I mean, you gotta you gotta turn the lights on. Right, right. You got people to run the scoreboard and but even video you, board and stuff like do that. You, need you know, to but, run the scoreboard. I mean, I don't know. You'd think so for the standpoint of the players in the in the stadium still want to be able to. But you may not need all the fancy bells and whistles. I mean, you, you know, you, you need all the, the you know, the, the matrix board that changes your advertisements and does your crowd prompts. No, I obviously don't think you need that. Now, now with no crowd. No, and you, you know, you don't need your between innings. You don't need right. your, you know, whatever. Game entertainment hosts and, and yeah, yeah. walk-up music licensing. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, one area I'm sure they're going to want to do, and when I say, you know, advertisements, and, and maybe it'll be virtual and, you know, projected on your TV screen, but, you know, I, you would think they're going to want to make up some money with more in-stadium advertisements than they've even already got. Oh, yeah, now, well, could I be, assume you know, that left field and right field will now just be green screens on the ground. Yeah, 
like behind the plate has been for the last you know decade plus where you know it's it's the green screen but we on tv see it as you know whatever is being advertised next you know so um you know that does make sense and okay whatever i mean you know again i i get it everybody is trying to you know figure out a way to, to make up some money and if they can that way but i i don't know i mean it's uh it is uh weird you know to think that they can't figure it out i still think they will i mean you know uh, the idea of a you know 50 game season sounds very weird but you know would i take it over nothing yeah you know it might be it might be entertaining for one year you know just to see a kind of a sprint baseball season i mean we always talk about how you know the dog days of, of baseball season well there wouldn't be in a 50 game season you know it, you you have a you know five game losing streak you might be done well and you get your you know your closers you know, no need to worry about. No, exactly. Them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you should be able to. You know, you don't have to worry about you know parsing out your pitching staff or anything like that. Like, yeah. You know, so, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I I hope that they can figure it out. I miss. You know, this time of year is the time of year where you're supposed to you know be able to turn on ESPN and see scores running on the bottom, and and uh, I miss that. You know, they they've been showing some old games or old highlights of things and you see you know when they'll put the old bottom lines on sometimes like you know just that little element of like you know seeing did the you know did the Rays beat the Orioles last night uh you know I missed that and and I'd like to get back to that but who knows I'm I'm curious what led to the Orioles and the Rays but I thought of random teams. I didn't want to. I didn't want to pick, you know, the Red Sox and the Yankees because people care about those teams in general. Uh, you know, it's it's sort of like saying, you know, and, and this is true. You know, the NBA comes back, and let's say July thirty first, the you know Magic are playing the Wizards. I'll be watching. Normal circumstance, if that game had been on in February, I probably wouldn't have cared. Uh, but you know, yeah, I'll I'll watch anything right now. Yeah, I you know. It, well, and if there's only 50 games, it, it's closer to the NFL where it's like, well, this matters. You know, each game is more than three times important than it is in a normal season if there's only 50. So, I don't know. We're going to pivot now and talk about ASU and Michael Turk. Yes. So, Matt, uh, never in the history of Everdom. Has a college football player left school, signed with an agent, participated in the combine, gone through the entire draft process, gone through the free agency period for undrafted free agents, and then been permitted to return to college and play. Yeah, I, and I mean Michael Turk does. I I hope to me, and I don't know. You know, I mean, I, this is this is very similar to what uh, Jim Harbaugh threw out there a few weeks back and I would like to see this become more of a, of a permanent thing. Uh, why not? You know, I mean, I, I feel like if you, you know, let them, let them declare there's only 254 picks or whatever there is every year. Um, and so a lot of guys don't get picked and if they don't want to sign as undrafted free agents, they want to come back. Why not? Like it's, it's a really easy change. We've, I've talked about you and I've discussed like, what could you do with basketball and letting guys who get drafted go back and I, there'd be some, considerations there but i mean if you're not signed and you're not drafted and you want to come back that should be easy and 
it, it happened, so why can't it happen again? Yeah, you know, the, the idea of, like, you know, well, this is the system we have. It's like, well... But, we you know, sometimes the, <laughs> sometimes the system needs to change. Yeah, you know, I mean, that is a, uh, that is something that has, you know, bothered me about sports, you know, and, and you and I have discussed several things like that, you know, well, this is just how it's always been done. If that's your best reason for keeping something, it's not a good reason. You know, and just, well, this is how it always is. Well, you know, lots of things were how they always were, and now they're different. Um, you know, we used to just have a World Series in baseball. Now we have expanded playoffs, and, you know, we used to just have bowl games with conference tie-ins in college football. And now we have, you know, an actual playoff system with top four, and things evolve. And, and so, you know, I to me, again, I'd like to go a step further where, you know, if, if guys get drafted and they could come back and still play for their college, and you know, like hockey. But that, I, I concede, is a little bit trickier. you got to figure some things out and how that would work. Well, and this often one, in to the me, NFL, is like real you, simple. The NFL is different from the NBA, too. Because, you know, there's a finite number of hits. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. If you're, you, you probably know. wouldn't have a ton of that. Yeah. You're right. I mean, you know, like, uh, and, and, but to give them the option, I think would be great. But again, I, I, I concede you'd have to you'd have to figure out, okay, you know, can that guy be paid by the team? How long is there their rights? You know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, can they go back in the draft? If, you know, if they have a seventh-round pick and they come back and have a great year, uh, you know, are they still the property of that team that drafted them, or can they go in and be a second-round pick? I don't know. You know you, again, well, you those things would the, have to be figured out. You could do the baseball version, which is you get drafted, and then you get to decide whether you want to go back to school or right. Which to me would be would be great. I think you know. Now again, that's that takes cooperation from the pros and uh, you know. But this one, like you know, and and we'll talk about how this affects ASU. Not getting away from that, but you know, I read that yesterday and I thought, well, this is exactly one of the things Jim Harbaugh was calling for. Uh, and I know it's you know fashionable right now the last few years to you know everything Jim Harbaugh says make fun of it. Um, but this was dead on to me, and, and I'm like, well, why couldn't we do this with more guys? Because you know there are other guys who, I mean, I don't know the numbers, but I'm certain there are dozens of other early entry guys who did not get picked. Now, most of them probably signed as free agents already, and that's their, you know, their prerogative if they want to go that route. But I'd love to see that avenue be open for guys. I think it'd be good. Yeah, the, the thing that is most stark to me, and I recognize that the sports are different, the the wear and tear is different and things, but baseball, you can just be drafted. Hockey, you can just be right. drafted. Right. In the NBA, you can go explore your options, and as long as you decide by a certain date you're out, you mm-hmm. can get all the feedback, and you can even have an agent. And then in football, before today, <laughs> it was... That was it. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. Say you're leaving. You are not allowed to. You're leave. leaving, and they give you like four days to put. You know, like the the entry deadline is like you know January fifteenth, and then on January eighteenth, you have to have pulled out. You know, that's not much time to gather info. So yeah, I mean, I I think that's. Uh, and, and you're right. The sports are different, but it almost feels like it's. Um, you know that it, we're talking here more the you know the powers that be with the NFL and with with college that are the ones that institute those different rules. I mean, you know, because could you give guys more time to determine? I think you could. But that, to me, is very likely that's the NFL. And I'm sure, you know, college programs love it too because they want roster certainty. You want to, you know, head coaches want to know on, you know, January 30th, 
I got this guy back. I don't have this guy. They don't want to wait till April to find out, you know, and, and, and the NFL doesn't want to wait till April to find out who's actually going to be in the draft and who's not. So there's, there's not a great incentive for either side to, you know, help out the player side and say, yeah, we'll give you more time to decide. I mean, what do they care? Yeah, it's a, it's a flawed premise. But let's talk it about is. what it means for ASU specifically here. Uh, Turk was an all-conference punter. He had a statistically poor showing at punting drills at the Combine, but during yeah. the season, he was booming the ball with pretty right. good regularity. However, ASU did add a grad transfer uh, punter from Florida State. He's already yeah. expected to handle the kickoff duties, which was a weak spot for Zendejas. He's, it was. He's it was. And obviously, Turk wasn't great at kickoffs, or else he would have gotten the chance to do that last year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, and I know Haller suggested that this kid from Florida State, Tyler, could be maybe the kicker. Not just kickoffs, but, you know, and, and I do remember him at Florida State, he did do some field goal kicking when, um, I think it was the, the you know, Aguayo's younger brother, Ricky, uh, was was injured, I think, for a couple games, and he, he stepped in as the kicker, and he was recruited, I believe, to Florida State as a kicker, and then became a punter, so it wouldn't be a total, uh, you know, out of left field move to see if he could be your, your field goal kicker instead of punter. The other piece of that is... It's only one year. So Zendaya's got a scholarship. Right. Maybe you have Zendaya's right. handle the extra points in the chippies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you know, open it up to competition. I mean, like any position, you know, I joked with you yesterday about, you know, the, the you know, headlines in preseason camp will be all about a punter competition, and they won't be. But, hey, having, having more there, I mean, it's funny because, what, a month or so ago we were talking, and, and I think you said, you know, well, we still don't have a punter. We were joking, like, you know, well, maybe we just won't punt. Now we, we have our really good punter from last year back, and another pretty good punter that, you know, isn't officially with the program, but apparently is still coming. You know, hey, better better to have more than less and figure out who's the best to handle what. And, you know, Zendejas had a nice year last year, but, you know, it does have to come with the caveat that he wasn't asked to do a whole lot. You know, he was asked to, to you know, make the short field goals, and he did for the most part. But we miss Brandon Reese at times, and so if, if you know this Tyler kid can give us more range and get a guy who can make from fifty plus, maybe, hey, all the better. And that's the thing about Zendejas, which I think was a credit to Herm, who's been getting a lot of credit this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they figured out what he could do. They asked him to do that. They they tried one time to ask him to do a fifty yard field goal. It didn't go well. Yeah, and yeah. they decided, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. I mean, they, they knew their limitations, and, and uh, you know, sometimes you, you watch teams and you think, you know, what are you doing running this, you know, situation out there again, whether it's a kicker who's overmatched or, or a pitcher coming in, or you think, what are you doing, you know? And, and so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I agree with you. It's a credit to Erm and the staff to realize, like, okay, here's what we got, and we're not going to ask him to do more than he can do. You know, let, let's take what we can get. Now, they wanted Reese back, and that's where the, you know, the friction came in, is Reese wanted to take a red shirt, and they said, no, we need you back, and so he left. Um, you know, so they, they obviously knew that Reese was a was a more talented kicker and could have given us more, and that's why they were not going to just let him sit out the whole year for nothing. Yeah. Um, 
I do think that it's going to be interesting now as, as players are returning to, to schools. Yeah. Um, you know, I told you, and I've been pretty consistent in my view, I think it'll be a lot easier to get pro sports off the ground than college. Yeah. But it feels like the colleges themselves are just kind of pretending that it's all, you know, all fine. You know, we're just, yeah, I we're mean, just gonna, I think it's, uh, it's optional the same way right. that, you know, pro workouts are optional. If you're great and you're sure you're going to have a spot, you, you probably don't have to sure. show up. But. Sure, yeah. I mean, we're, we are not there yet, but we are not that far from a, uh, you know, a decision point um, when we're going to have to decide, like, okay, can we go forward with the schedule as it is? Maybe we can. Uh, are there going to have to be just slight alterations, or we're going to have to, you know, have big changes? Um, well, you know, I some think slight alterations. I, I know Notre Dame made that move. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, that that one, you know, would have been cool to have that game over there. They played it there a few years ago, and uh, but you know, potentially cool to have it in Annapolis. They they've never played there. Um, uh, you know, so there there've been some. Um, you know, do we have? Do we need major? You know, reconstruction of things. If you know. Some schools say they're not going to play, but nobody nobody's going out on that path yet. Now again, we're no not there yet. Saying that because right, no one you know, I mean, first. no, no, you know, and and uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, I would think by probably around the time that the NBA restarts, end of July, is when you gotta you gotta start to have a real handle on how it's gonna work. If it, you know, if it's gonna work, how it's gonna work. Um, are you gonna have, you know? Full schedules? Are you going to have you know regular schedules? The teams playing? Are you going to have home fans at some places? Maybe not other places. Um, you know, we don't have to find that out yet, but it ain't far away. I mean, it's uh, you know we're into June now, and you know you think well, three months from today, uh, we should be getting ready for you know the first weekend of college football. Um, in fact, three months from yesterday is ASU's opener on the schedule. So you know you you don't have a ton of time to still figure this out. You got a little bit. But it, it's you know it's coming soon. Yeah, I'm. I'm still not optimistic, but I, I think I need to change my attitude on this. I, I think what I'm what I'm actually feeling now is not that I doubt they'll play. I actually think they will play. Mm-hmm. I'm just more of the like, is this a good idea for these kids? Level. Like, for yeah. the pros, everyone's, everyone's made this agreement. Like, everyone has an understanding. Right. You're getting paid. If you want to play, you get paid. If you don't want to play, right. you don't get paid. Right. But what do you say to these kids, especially with the way the NCAA handled, you know, the winter sports? No one's getting an extension. Right. And the spring sports, right. everyone True. could have one if the school everyone wanted. Could. But then Wisconsin yeah. said, well, we're not going to honor that. Thank you. You're gone. Right. Right, true. And, and I think, you know, there's a calculus now. Like, if they're going to say you can have that transfer and your school or your you can have that extra year and your school says no, they should allow immediate transfers. There, there shouldn't – you shouldn't punish people who want to protect yeah. their safety. No, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I do think there should be some, some caveats put in and things like that, you know, to allow – yeah, you know, uh, opportunities. Um, will there be? I don't know. I mean, trusting trusting the NCAA and college sports to do the right thing is not something that I'm in the practice of. Um, you know, 
because there's just so many examples where you think, yeah, they didn't there. Um, you know, I mean, this, this is a, this is a tough one for me because, you know, I do, I think there should be college football. I do. Uh, but I think athletes should be compensated and, and some of your point getting to the fact that they're not, I do, you know, that, uh, you know, we, I've been any, any, uh, uh, any way unclear on that for years that I think, you know, they should be able to make money and, and be treated as professionals uh, because I think in a lot of ways they are. And this is a perfect example. College football is a economic necessity for a lot of places, towns, schools, etc. And without the players, there is no college football. So we're bringing, you know, so like uh, it, it, it's a conflicting topic for me, honestly. Yeah, it it is. It's... I mean, because it really is like we, you know, Mike Gundy took a lot of heat. And I think we talked about Mike Gundy's comment a little bit, took a lot of heat for what he said back in April. But the bottom line is he had a point that college football is a economic necessity to the state of Oklahoma. It just is, Um, you know, and so not having it would be a really tough blow for Stillwater, Norman, uh, some of the places we've gone. I mean, you know, look at look at the money that gets pumped into Tuscaloosa, Alabama on those, you know, seven Saturdays a year, uh, you know, Oxford, Mississippi. You know, those are places that rely on college football to make the rest of their year. Yeah. No, that, you know, the hotels. Yeah. The industries yeah. that are already hurt, you know, hotels, restaurants, restaurants, hotels. Yes. And now, yes. You're, now you're saying in these college towns, like, sorry. Right, but you, right. I mean, you know, like that it. would be, you know, you think about, uh, you know, because I mean, it's it's one of those things that, like, I've thought about before. It is the startling amount of like big colleges in small towns. It's almost one of those things where you feel like if we started from scratch, you'd probably never build these big colleges in such remote towns. But that's how we got here, and that's where we are. Yeah, it's um, weird that neither of the big <laughs> Michigan schools are in Detroit. Right, right. You know, I mean. It's, uh, you know, Alabama, two major schools are in, you know, Auburn and Tuscaloosa, not Birmingham, not Montgomery. You know, I mean, those aren't huge cities, but they're certainly bigger cities than Tuscaloosa and Auburn. Uh, you know, the University of Texas is in Austin, big city, but it's not Dallas. It's not Houston. It's not San Antonio. You know, I mean, uh, you know, Texas a and in College Station. Like, yeah, there's so many examples. Um that I've thought about before, and, and now it is where it kind of comes to light of like these these cities are dependent on those colleges, and college football is a huge part of that. Not the only part, but a huge part because that's tourism, it's hotel industry, it's restaurant industry. I mean, you and I have been perfect examples. We've supported the local economy in Tuscaloosa and Oxford and Auburn. And, you know, I mean, and, and and you know, we're we're far from alone in that. Yeah. It's definitely true. Without college sports, I don't see that I would have gone to any of those places. No way. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, you know, yeah. If you if you took Bryant-Denny Stadium out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama and put an empty patch of land, I'd have absolutely no reason to go there. You know, but I wanted to go there to see that team play and that stadium and that place and, uh, you know, and, and all the places that I've gone to or want to go to. Are because of that. I mean, do I have a burning desire to go see Baton Rouge, Louisiana? No, I have a burning desire to see Tiger Stadium. But you know, and, and an LSU game. That that's it. I could care less about Baton Rouge. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, it's you've been to Knoxville. Uh, yes, know, I, yes, uh, another you know fun place and a place that yeah would I have a, a reason to go there? No, I went to Tallahassee. I wouldn't. I mean, Tallahassee's the state capital. I still wouldn't go for one for Florida State. Yeah, it's uh, the state you know, capital, that, and whenever you see ads for Florida, <laughs> you don't see Tallahassee. Right, right. You see Miami, followed by Orlando and Disney World, followed yeah. by maybe Jacksonville and, and golf courses and Tampa. And, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. I mean, and that's that's the thing is, you know, like I've marveled at that before. That how many of the major cities have major colleges? I mean, where you know where I am is is an exception to the rule that you know Phoenix and, and ASU is in a major city. Uh, most you know most of the sixty plus power conference teams are not in major cities. Well, and the other thing is ASU's in a major city, but only because that major city grew to ASU. <laughs> true, true, true. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't wasn't started that way, but yeah, you know. I mean, there's just there's not a lot. There's you know, there's ASU, there's USC, UCLA, Miami, um, but you know, the, the majority of the big time athletic programs are not in you know New York, Chicago, uh, you know, the Boston. No, uh, I mean, look at look at like Clemson. As another right. great example, that, you know, off the beaten path town in South Carolina, yeah, yeah, you know, a, a small town that's, but yeah, has become a, a, a booming industry because of college football, basically. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I mean, yeah, I think I think we'll know more, you know, both college and, and NFL probably by two months from now, you know, and maybe sooner than that, because by then you'd think NFL training camps would start, and college training camps usually start around the beginning of August. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? We're, I, I, for anyone who's made it this far, it's clear we're, we're not talking about the major things going on in the world uh, because we just are trying to have a light yeah, topic. Exactly. So, right. so I think we've covered everything I had uh, to cover on that front. But, uh, Matt, am I missing something? You, you know I don't think more. so. No, no. I mean, hey, I think yesterday I texted you with my list of acronyms, and it was NBA, MLB, and ASU, and I think we hit all three of those. Oh, I had one more. Okay. Uh, just because it's my, my new wrestling thing that I stumbled on. Ah, all right. So, in AEW, Cody Rhodes had a match where if he lost, he could never, ever again compete for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> Uh-huh. And he I think lost. I know where you're going with this, yeah. And yeah. so then they created a new title that he now <laughs> is the title holder. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, pro wrestling at its very best. And if AEW lasts, you know, another two plus years, I'd be willing to bet Cody Rhodes will compete for the AEW title due to some sort of caveat match that he wins in order to get that clause removed. Or just simply, you know, hoping fans forget that because that's what WWE does all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, do one thing and then a year later it's like, hey, wait a minute. Like the Shane McMahon, when Shane McMahon came back a few years ago and if he lost to The Undertaker, he had to leave WWE forever. Then he was on Raw the next night. And then he ended up running SmackDown like a month later. They, you know, like, uh, I, I thought he had to leave the, leave the company forever if he lost. And he lost. Yeah. It turns out that there are some plot holes there are, there are, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess like any TV show, but especially pro wrestling, gives you a lot of things that, like, uh, wait a minute, I thought this, and 
you know, it, it's that the term that I heard back when I was a kid, and it's still true. You got to suspend disbelief with pro wrestling. You got to just enjoy it and not question it too much. Because if you start questioning it too much, it all unravels. Yeah. It's like pulling the yarn. Oh, the uh, the one thing. So I watched Dynamite. I yeah. fast forwarded through a lot of it, but I watched it last yeah. night. Yeah. The the coverage that Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone and Excalibur give when a guy botches a move is amazing. Because, like, <laughs> really. there was one where, like, literally the match ender, the guy slipped off the turnbuckle. It was very clear yeah. that what he was supposed to do was was go onto the second turnbuckle and springboard into getting elbowed in the head and falling down. Yeah. But yeah. instead, he slipped off the turnbuckle... And then the guy elbowed him anyway and fell down. And they're like, yeah, you know, he lost his footing for a second. And that's all it takes for the guy to capitalize. It's like, no, he slipped. He, he, yeah, he, he butchered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's, uh, you know, JR's an old pro at that. And I suppose the, you know, Tony Schiavone is too from, from his WCW days. Uh, so, yeah, they, you know, that's that's what you do. You, uh, you go along with the show. Yeah. You know, the one where, you know, you get your feet around the guy's head and you flip him. There was one where the guy finished his flip and the other guy, like, he wasn't aligned with him. It was very clear that he had just jumped <laughs> over yeah. the guy. Yeah. And it was like, I oh, what a yeah. move. Look at the It's like, <laughs> like he had yeah. it on a tape delay? Like, that would be an incredible move. If your finisher was yeah. like a tape delay, like you did something and then the guy fell down a second later? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I, uh, I definitely understand, yes. I I will say, speaking of, of AEW, that, that uh, I don't know if you've seen, but WWE has started copying them with having their uh, other wrestlers be the fans. Yeah. Their, their NXT guys and stuff be in the stands, quote-unquote, which they make them stand the whole time, which is weird. And they sit down? Couldn't you just put chairs down for them? Yeah, well, I mean, the way AEW did it is kind of fun because, one, it's organic, and two, it actually furthers storylines. Like, right, Because right. you have... The way WWE is doing it is you just have people who I've never seen people. before exactly, yeah, who yeah. are arbitrarily cheering for the person who you're supposed to cheer for. Whereas with AEW, it's the guys who you know and the women yeah. who you know, and it's like, oh, he got thrown into the railing right in front of this guy right, who his right. faction is feuding with that guy's faction. Yeah, That matters yeah. more than like, oh, you just threw that guy in front of someone who I don't know who's behind a hockey seen, glass. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They started the uh, the plexiglass there. Yeah, yeah. But I, I will say, I mean, it's not perfect, but it has helped the atmosphere a little. Oh yeah. To just have have noise in the background. I mean, I, another thing, I've watched some little bits of German soccer, and the the piped in crowd noise is great. Actually, now soccer is an interesting sport because soccer is a sport that just has like consistent noise, mm-hmm. and so you can just take the track and you know. Um, but it, you know, like you watch it and for just a few minutes, you think like, yeah, it's normal. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, there's no one there, but it, it sounds like you expect. Yeah. You just have a hum of, you know, yes. undercurrent noise. And yes, yes. You know, now again, I don't know. I don't know if that works in basketball when, you know, you've got the crowd that should be going crazy. If, you know, LeBron has a big dunk and a three point play in Staples and, you know, do you, do you pipe that in? I, I'm not sure how you do that, but you know, if they want to give it a shot, I don't. I'm not totally against it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, we're gonna find out what they do and what it looks like in a month. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soon enough. And uh, I know this isn't, you know, a huge thing for you, but a week from today, the PGA Tour returns. So it's, uh, you know, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel, it appears, with sports at least. Yeah. Well, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.